From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. After 30 years and five nominations, renowned director and producer Spike Lee won his first Oscar this year for Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansmen. Morehouse College will celebrate Lee, a 1979 graduate, at its first ever film festival this weekend. Like other film festivals, the three-day event will host premiere screenings of documentaries, features, and shorts, along with panels and talks focused on film as expression of civil and human rights as a vehicle for social change. I'm joined by Kara Walker. She's Morehouse Festival Director. And Kara, hello. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. So Two of the featured having. filmmakers are also with us. Egypt Robinson. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? <laughs> Phenomenal. And Coors Vandiver. Hello. Hi. How are you? Doing well. Well, you must be excited. This is a big festival. I'm very excited. Kara, this is the first ever Morehouse College Human Rights Film Festival. Who are you hoping to attract? Who who will come to this festival? So filmmakers who would use their craft as activism. Mm-hmm. So whenever there's a, a cross-section or intersection of art and activism, then I think it it also brings about understanding of certain issues that we wouldn't ordinarily be exposed to. So I'm wondering for you too, as filmmakers, do you think of yourself as activist filmmakers? I do now. I didn't always. What was, I, what was the conversion? <laughs> <laughs> the films that I'm making and the things that were uh, tied to my to my heart and to, to my spirit and the, the core of what I want to present as a filmmaker uh, definitely enlightened me in terms of <laughs> you're, you're an activist. And so I started to uh, push a term that I didn't coin, but I pushed this term artivism. Huh, artivism. And so artivism is what I like to, to call In fact, I'll be teaching a short filmmaking course uh, at the Morehouse Human Rights Film Festival uh, on on the art of artivism. Well, let's talk a little bit because you two of your films made the cut for this yes, festival. So congratulations. Fate and Lou. And yeah. Lou is just L-U, by the way, for yes. people who do see the title. Let's start with the most recent, Lou. Mm-hmm. Um, it's played, the, the main character is played by Nate Parker. He's yes. a Marine with PTSD diagnosis after fighting in Iraq. We meet him in this darkened room. The shades are drawn. He's, you know, kind of playing with a gun. It's mm-hmm. pretty Ominous. And this is based on a true story. How'd you come across this story? I actually had read a story in The New Yorker and I read about uh, the real Lou. And so I decided to reach out to him. And when I contacted him via Facebook, much like uh, the character Lou. In, in yeah, the, in he the connects book. with somebody that uh, let's, yes. I'll leave the secret, but a long lost <laughs> person that he really needs to connect Correct. with on Facebook. <laughs> and Lou said, hey, a lot of big companies have big studios reached out to me. Uh, you're nice. <laughs> he's like, you're a nice guy. And I, I want to do this film with you. I don't care what the budget is or how small he's like, it's just, just something about you. And so he allowed us to tell his story. In fact, Lou is also white. And so And in the it, character the character who plays him is an African American actor. Correct. Correct. And so he didn't have a problem with that. I showed him Nate's work and uh yeah, I, I mean once we, we had this opportunity he was he, he said, Yes, I want Nate to do this and we jumped on it. Well, while you're speaking of Nate Parker, he is also the director of of the film American Skin, which is making its premiere at the film festival this weekend. Let's hear just a clip from the film. There's a scene when Lou is talking with his sister. She, by the way, is also a soldier. I'm not sure if it's a Marine, but she has told him she's just signed up for another deployment. Here's a clip. How do you do it? I give it away. I give it all up to God. 
prayer is what gets me through. You still praying? I can't get that oraculated out of my head. Every time I close my eyes, every time I try to go to sleep, it's the same thing. I wake up feeling like I'm still there. Like the whole thing just happened just five minutes before. I see the blood, I see that lady screaming. We Christian, we Christian. We Christian, why you shoot us? Yeah, it's such a powerful moment. But you also, when you're doing this, something like this, you're telling a true story, but you are also making a film. Mm -hmm. So you can tell the story without all the facts. Obviously, yeah. you can't tell this whole entire story. That, you know, it was pages and pages of a New Yorker oh. uh, article. So when do you decide to to stick with the absolute truth and when without? I mean, it, <laughs> filmmaking is, is interesting, but it, it, particularly we had made this film for a festival called 168, which is an international film festival and also had like a face faith-based narrative and when we did that we just knew going in we wanted to do this nate wanted to express his faith he hadn't been able to do that um and so i knew this festival i, pl I placed in this festival before but this year was a million dollar grand prize that particular year and we were like let's go for it mm -hmm. and uh with that we had restraints you had 10 minutes you could only make a film in 10 minutes you could only make it in 168 hours so we couldn't write we had to write <laughs> like cast like everything had to happen in 168 hours wow. so that film was made in less than 168 hours mm -hmm. and we we did literally I, we shot it was two days and 15 minutes and that's because omari hardwick flew in from miami uh <laughs> and uh, on a red eye to to make his scene um so nathan and omari are actually not together in that film we we when you see them in the room together they're not actually together this wow. is the magic of movies <laughs> but it's also the magic of movie makers and the sort of improvisational nature of it and egypt your mm -hmm. film tranquil inferno based on real history as we said is the 1921 riots that destroyed what was known at the time as black wall street this right. is in tulsa oklahoma first give us a little background on the story so the, the story of Tulsa, Oklahoma, the one that the avenue I took was just setting up how did this happen, right? How did one young lady come up with the idea to scream in the elevator or say I've been raped or say I've been touched? That's that part's always been a little blurry over the years. And then how did that one thing incite such an amazing amount of hate and bloodshed? Because that's literally the spark. That was just one little thing that killed so many people. And I wanted to humanize that moment. I wanted people to see where did it come from? What else was attached to that moment to make people so volatile that they would want to do what eventually that they did? I mean, they killed so many people. This is a two-day riot. Right, right. Basically, mobs, roving mobs. Right, Attacked right. black businesses, um, people of color. Killed doctors. Killed, you it know. It didn't matter. Children, women, it didn't matter. And burned buildings. Right, and there's like an ominous feel to this moment in history where these African-American business owners were literally doing everything that America says you should do. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, love one another, be Christian, be this, be that. And they were doing it. 
but that didn't matter. I'm speaking with the filmmaker who made that film, Egypt Robinson, also with us, Kors Vandiver. He was also featured at the first ever Morehouse College Human Rights Film Festival in Atlanta taking place this weekend. The festival director, Kara Walker, is also with us. So, Kara, we just learned about a couple of the films that are highlighting true events in histories. What are other producers and directors bringing to this festival? So there are a variety of topics that are being screened through the films at the festival next week um, where there's one filmmaker who has submitted a film called Grid Shock about uh, sex human trafficking in Iowa. Um, There is a film about a young African-American male who in this film he is actually target practice. Mm. And so it's about the idea of African-American males growing up to be target practice. Wow. Um, Shoot. There is a film about voter suppression in North Carolina called Capturing the Flag. The filmmakers will be there uh, to discuss the, the, what happened during the elections um, a few years ago. Um, there, there's a film about a young woman in Africa who is... Uh, a refugee and she's looking for her family after a lot of civil unrest. So there are filmmakers from as far away as Australia and as near as Georgia who have submitted films to the festival to discuss a, a wide variety of uh, civil and human rights topics. Yeah. So, and of course, iconic filmmaker and human rights activist Spike Lee. He's going to be receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award this year from your festival. Let, let's just hear a clip of him winning his Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar this year. My grandmother, Zimmy Sheldon Retha, who lived to be 100 years young, who was a Spelman College graduate, even though her mother was a slave. My grandma, who saved 50 years of Social Security checks to put her first grandchild. She called me Spiky Poo. She put me through Morehouse College and NYU grad film. Let's all mobilize. Let's all be on the right side of history. Make the moral choice between love versus hate. Let's do the right thing. You know I had to get that in. <laughs> do the right thing. You're going to be screaining the film. Do the right thing. Uh, it, 1989? Yes. It must be 1989. 1989. 1989. <laughs> That's how it goes. Um, so, so, obviously, a, a proud moment for Morehouse College to have their graduate, Spike Lee. But I'm wondering for you, Kors, how, how has Spike, you mentioned actually earlier, other black filmmakers, right, right, Egypt, right. how they'd influenced you. But what was what does Spike Lee mean in the industry for a young black filmmaker? Oh, wow, that you can take a risk. And you can take a <laughs> risk financially because you already know he's used credit cards or what have you, just like Robert Townsend. And you can take a risk in your art. I mean, even that little thing he does with the... The camera, you know, I mean, the dolly move, right? The dolly move. Yes. Like you he even did it in uh, Oh boy. I mean, he's yes. he's doing these things that let you know, hey, just go out and have fun. And don't be so it already has to go by what you learned in school. Just go out and have fun. And that's I mean, that those risks are what make you great because nobody remembers the person who didn't take a risk. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an amazing filmmaker. Uh, Spike gave me advice early on. It was some hardcore advice, and I never forgot it. Oh, are you going to really share it with us? You can't dangle uh, that no, in front of I us. I don't want to share that on the air. But, but I, it really did help me. And I think um, the thing about Spike Lee is he's a, a visionary. Um, 
he's just a very talented person. And I think as a filmmaker, it was the first time, at least for me, I recognized a black man who was an artist in terms of film. You know, you had looked at Steven Spielberg and you had seen, you know, I don't know, pick somebody. I mean, Michael Mann, David Fincher, these other guys, but Spike Lee was is just as amazing if you know not more in some degree so do you think he uh, you know this was his first oscar after how many years how many nominations five nominations <laughs> what 30 years um this year do you think he paid for having a, a strong voice on issues yes <laughs> carrie you're nodding i'm nodding yeah. um i'm just thinking about do the right thing in particular she um just the whole montage of the different ethnic groups uh, calling each other the, the various... We, we can't even play that. We can't even play that. <laughs> right. And uh, that, was, that was a huge risk. Yeah. Um, but it, for me, it was inspiring because it was a brave move to use your craft to make such a strong point about racism. And, and things that and people actually the, racism say. Racism across the board, yes. Right, right, right. This is what we say behind closed doors or, you know, what the different ethnic groups say behind closed doors. It, he just put it on Front Street. He's like, here's what, what we're all saying about one another. And the fact that he used his craft to expose our prejudices, that was, I thought that was very brave and courageous and inspiring for me. Mm. Somebody who's going to go to a film festival that is called the Human Rights Film Festival, <laughs> I would make the educated guess uh -huh. that that's going to be somebody who cares about human rights, that somebody who thinks that that's an important value. Are you really going to change minds? I mean, like... I think for me, as an, I was an, I've been an educator for over 10 years, I mean, and, and now educating in film as a screenwriting teacher and, I mean, from the college level, we started a program for for students. Uh, I shouldn't even say we. Nate started a program at Wiley College where they did Great Debaters. Um, we've had a cohort of kids that have gone through that program through the Nate Parker Foundation five five years. Those kids are being taught artivism, right? Those projects are going out. For me personally, with Fate, the film that I have, Fate, I know that that's something that is having an impact. Fate is imprisoned for $20 worth of marijuana. Um, we've gotten 30,000 signatures through Color for Change Foundation. It's also based on a true story. It's also based on a true story. And, but I've had, I've, I have people contact me. How can I help with this? How can I, you know, do something? Um, you know, I've seen it with Lou. I've had people who've come to me. It's a story of forgiveness. This woman came to me and she's like, I watched your movie. My son was murdered by this man who's getting out of prison. I want to tell you, I can forgive him because of your film and I That's did not powerful. feel I wasn't able to carry that and understand that it was too much for me to, to feel like I was that impactful from a film uh, but it was definitely an honor and a privilege Kyra I just wondered clearly Morehouse is saying that human rights film can change minds just wondered if you had anything to pull so, in so Morehouse College's position is that yes films can absolutely change minds and hearts and that's what we're hoping to do with this festival, along with bringing together filmmakers, activists, people around the community to um, to learn and to exchange ideas, to gain better understanding about human rights and what they can do to possibly impact change. So 
Kayra Walker, me. she is director of the Morehouse College Human Rights Film Festival. Thank you so much. Thank you. And also, Egypt Robinson, thank you. Thank you. And congratulations. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And to you as well, Chorus. Thank you. Thank you for speaking with us. The Morehouse College Human Rights Film Festival gets underway this Thursday in Atlanta. You can see a full schedule and also get a coupon code for the festival at gpbnews.org. And, you know, since we brought it up, we're just going to have to hear uh, Fight the Power from Public Enemy. <laughs> That's awesome. From used, used to great effect in the opening sequence of Spike Lee's film, Do the Right Thing. Our freedom of speech is freedom of death. We got to fight the power, baby. Fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the power. Coming up, Chef Pano Caratosa steps out of the kitchen and into our studio to dish out details on beating Bobby Flay and his new cookbook for modern Greek food. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us for more of On Second Thought.